Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we got Matt Garabedian, AKA the phenomenal investor, and he flew in from uh, California, Fresno, California as well to share how he's doing seven figures each of the last three years, including 1.14 year to date. And that could be a little old because that was from a month ago. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we've been cranking this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, if this is your first time tuning in, I am Steve Trang, broker and owner of Stunning Homes Realty, founder of the OfferFast Homes app, the only MLS for off-market wholesale properties. And I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. So if that's something you're interested in, let's connect on Instagram, at steve.trang. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up. And as a friendly reminder, I don't charge a dime for this show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask. This is what it costs for you to listen to this show. I've been advised by a consultant that I need to get to 500 five-star reviews on iTunes to hit some of my crazy goals. So please do me a favor, go into iTunes, subscribe, and give a five-star review. And if you can write what you like about the show, that would be even better. And don't forget, this is a live show, so please ask your questions for Matt to answer. You ready? I'm ready. All right, so first question, softball, is what got you into real estate? I got into real estate out of, as of like a necessity. You know, I, I got into, uh, I was actually wholesaling subprime mortgages back in 2007, 2008. So what I would do is I'd call on real estate brokers. Mm-hmm. I'd go look at their 1003s, the credit apps, and and look, this guy's DTI. But back then, if you had a pulse, you'd get 100% financing stated. Or more. Right. And so I was learning the, the financial side of the business and uh, making money, right? And so mm-hmm. I don't know what I was doing. But I was you know, learning the finance side of the business. And then around 2008, I wake up one morning and trying to log into my company email. I'm locked out. Call my manager. I'm like, hey, man, uh, I'm trying to log into the company you know, website here. I'm locked out. He's like, oh, we're closed. We're shut down. I'm like, what, like for the day? He's like, no, dude, turn on e- CNN. Like the sky's falling. Don't you? That's when Lehman Brothers went down? Yeah, like the whole, like, the financial crash, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I went from making a pretty decent amount of money to zero. And so, you know, slowly but surely, I, I didn't, you know, at that time, I, I didn't think of reserves or, you know. Why <laughs> I would just, you? The party was never going to end. Right. Yeah. I was just, it was coming in. I was like, this is it, right? Yeah. I made it. And uh, make a long story short, I end up losing my house and, and, and uh, going to foreclosure. My car gets repossessed. And I'm like, at the same time, God thought it would be a great time for me to introduce me to my, to my wife. Mm-hmm. And so I said, great. You know, now I got to take care of myself and another lady. Like, how, how am I going to do this? Right. And so my grandfather who uh, started uh, my, my brokerage is called Royal Realty in Fresno. And he always told me, Matt, get your real estate broker's license. It's a license to make money. Mm-hmm. So that kind of stuck in my head. So without m- much uh, looking, f- you know, going on for me, I'm like, well, you know, I'll, I'll get my broker's license. And everyone is getting out of the business. And they're like, dude, what are you doing? Like, no one's buying real estate. No one's selling real estate. Why would you be getting in? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to do something, you know? So I got my broker's license and then I, I, I did a few things in real estate. So I started off as the traditional, you know, showing people houses, you know, driving around town, quickly found out I did not care for that at all. Mm-hmm. Then I did a little bit in the commercial side. So I learned how to lease office buildings. And so I thought that was cool. But then I learned how to analyze apartments so I started selling apartment deals to investors oh. and learned about cap rate, NOI, pro formas. You know, I spoke the language as a, of, a, of an investor. I liked that conversation. So it wasn't so much about the location or the neighborhood or the colors. It was what's the bottom line? Does this yeah. make sense? I'm like, okay, I could talk that language. So um, as I started doing those deals, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making these other guys rich, right? I started thinking, well, how do I get on the other side of the table and be the one that's buying deals instead of just being a broker. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't have any money. You know, I have no, you know, I didn't come with a family, you know, fortune or anything like that. So I had to figure out how I could do that. At the same time, I was in the, a, a commercial brokerage and uh, a guy that's been in the business some 30 years at the time, I remember him sitting at his desk and he was just like shaking his head. Then I walk in, I'm like, dude, what's wrong? He's like, I hate this business. I hate it. You know, I've got deals that are in escrow five years, development deals that I don't know when anything's going to close. It's it's unpredictable, Mm -hmm. you know, especially at that time, no one was doing any commercial deals. And he's like, you know, my advice to you is, you know, you've got to you've got to find a way to get paid consistently. 
Well, I mean, that's the biggest problem with commercial, right? So I'm, it's cool that you're able to do that because uh, I've known some guys that do a lot of commercial and mm -hmm. you just don't know when you're going to get paid. Mm -hmm. When you get paid, it's really well. Sure. But man, you don't know when that next check's coming. I mean, literally, he had a deal that was in escrow for five years. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't know when it's going to close, if it will at all. So that impressed upon me. I'm like, this guy's been in the game for a long time and he's, and he's, uh, he's nervous. Yeah. So he was the actual one that turned me on to, he's like, I've been researching this. There's a way to buy property with no money. Mm -hmm. I'm like, come on, that's a, that's a scam, right? That doesn't, yeah. that, no. But he's like, no, I'm serious. I've been watching this guy and he's like really flamboyant and, and he's like selling these opportunities and education. I'm like, who is it? He's like, oh, Preston Ely. So that mm -hmm. was my first introduction to kind of the wholesale, like Preston's hanging out at a Starbucks, you know, and he's talking about cash and checks and, you know, going to get his hair done. And, and, and I'm like, this guy's he's kind of, he's kind of cool. Yeah. You know, what is he doing? So I learned about, you know, he's talking about wholesaling, right? So I bought one of his books. Then short time after that, I uh, learned about fortune builders, which those guys are actually from Fresno. Uh, JD and Paul Asajan and Than Merrill are all Fresno guys. Mm. And so I bought into that program with when I didn't have any money, I kind of structured a way to get in with uh, having them finance me. They financed you? They financed me to the mastery program. They're charging like 50 grand now, but at the time I got in for like 12 grand. Mm. So I put a small down payment and I just kept making the payments to them to, to get the information, right? I mean, that's what I needed information. So um, that's what got me in real estate. So 2008, everything kind of crashes mm -hmm. and then you get into apartments. Yep. Where you're leasing and or showing houses, apartments, and then you go into fortune builders and Preston Ely. Right. At which point did you start actively wholesaling? Well, everyone would think, you know, as soon as you learn, you just jump into it and you start making the money, right? Well, that's uh, the, that's what everyone thinks on the outside. Yes. Yes. The, yeah. I'll tell you reality. Yeah. Reality was I went back to what I was felt safe doing brokering. Cause I knew that I could do that and the check would come in. I had no idea. I had no proof of concept about this whole thing. Wholesaling thing is it was a, it was in theory, it sounded great, but could I actually do it? And was it real? And so I put it on the shelf for, for about a year and a half, two years. Oh really? Yeah. Because you know, we, we tend to, to go to the safe route, right? Mm -hmm. We, we want to know where that next check's coming from. And so I, I continued to do on what I, what I felt I could do. So I'm up late one night, which I was doing quite a bit because I'm restless and I, I can't think of, uh, I can't think straight because I'm stressed. So I, at the time I got into uh, uh, the Facebook group of wholesaling houses full time, which was Alex Youngblood, he still does that. Mm -hmm. So I keep seeing all these guys, I mean, like they're posting checks, 15 grand, 20 grand, eight grand. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, this guy doesn't have half the knowledge and experience that I have, but they're out there doing it. Like wh what's holding me back? Right. So, you know, you know, it's like kind of that thing that you, you hear, it's like when you're sick of your situation is when you finally snap and you're like, okay, I'm going to do it now. I'm tired of the excuses. And so I, uh, I made a decision, you know, and, and I went out and I did my first yellow letter campaign, got a few calls, had a guy, um, call me. He's like, yeah, go take a look at this house. So I drive by it again, you know, not much history or experience at all. I'm sitting out front and here's the advice that I got at the time. It was, if you're not uncomfortable with the amount you're offering, if it doesn't make you physically ill, mm -hmm. you're offering too much. That, yeah. that was the advice that was being given at the time. I've seen that advice a lot. And I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't recommend it. Right? It's, <laughs> it's not, it's not solid. It's but, not, a, it's not a hundred percent wrong, but right. Right. There's tougher. more into it. Yeah. More into it. But at the time, that's what I knew. Right. So I, I'm sitting out front. It's, it's in a, you know, a, a rough neighborhood. I, you know, I really don't know what I could actually pay for it, but I just, I get the guy on the phone. He's like, well, what would you pay? And I sat there. It was the most uncomfortable silence I've ever felt in my life. And I worked my nerve up and I said, I could pay you 15,000. And he says, no, I can't do that, but I could do 25. I'm like, great, let's do it. So he's like, okay, we'll get the paperwork ready. So I hang up, I said, oh my God, like I have a deal yeah. at 25. I'd have no idea if that's gonna even work or not. I go back to my little office and I'm subletting little, probably not much bigger than the studio. And I, um, 
figure out, okay, how do I find a cash buyer? I, I don't have a cash buyer list. And so I put my broker hat on. I'm like, well, let me run some comps. So I ran a comp. There was a house down the street that recently sold as, you know, like square footage, you know, condition, et cetera. It sold for 52,000. So I get the, I, I, I don't, I look up the tax records. It's an LLC. At the time I had no idea how to skip trace. I didn't know how to, how to track down an LLC. But what I knew was there was the buyer's agent that mm -hmm. I could contact. Yeah. Called the buyer's agent. I said, hey man, I got this house down the street. You recently sold one, you know, would your buyer be interested in another one? He says what he tells me, he says, uh, well, how much? I said, 52,000. And this is what he tells me, Steve, he says, uh, don't tell anybody else about the property. We'll have the money in escrow in a week. He hangs up. I'm like, no way. I'm, I'm calculating. I just made, in my mind, I'm like, I just made $27,000 mm -hmm. on this deal. Like, no way this is going to happen. It's, it's too good to be true. Yeah. So I rush back to my office, I get the paperwork, you know, the seller sign, I send the assignment and uh, they both sign. Okay, wow, like this, this could be real. And then for about two weeks, I was the most nervous wreck because, you know, I, I'm thinking, you know, is he going to find out if I'm making money? Is the seller real? Are they actually going to show up? And so I was calling my title officer like, hey, is everything going cool? You know, like I'm stressed <laughs> out, right? And uh, lo and behold, seller signs, buyer funds. They call me, Matt, we have a check for you. and I. That was my proof of concept. And at that point, I never looked back. And so. And when was this exactly? That was uh, 2010. Okay. And then one thing you said that was really interesting was that it took you a while to, even though you knew what you knew, mm -hmm. you didn't necessarily take action until you felt like your back was against the wall. Sure. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people are really, they want to do this. Sounds great but they're reluctant to take the first step. And we call it kind of like YouTube University where they're just watching videos, watching videos, watching videos. And I appreciate, I love that they're watching the videos. Right. But at some point they have to take action. Sure. So like what advice do you give someone that's doing a little bit too much learning and not enough doing? Overanalyzing anything is, is never gonna be profitable, right. right? I mean, we can all look at different ways to skin a cat, but until you take action, you're never gonna get to your goal. Right. You can't skip over all the steps and, and get a check. It's impossible. Right. So just understand that um, anyone can do this business. Right. You know, it, this is not rocket science. Right. What you have to understand is this business is based on failure and uh, it's lessons. Right. So we 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 fail forward in the business to learn and, and grow our skill set. So it's OK to fail. I tell the guys in my office especially a new guy I say, go out and get your first 100 no's. I want you to get a hundred no's because mm -hmm. that you, more than likely you're probably going to get a yes within those a hundred no's. Yeah. And if you get to a hundred no's, your, your, your pitch is going to be better. You're going to learn how to build rapport. You're going to understand objections. You're going to be able to answer, you know, professionally. And so you're going to up your game. Your skill set's going to increase by getting rejected. Right. I come from a baseball background. So, you know, there's hall of famers making millions of dollars failing seven out of 10 times. You're mm -hmm. a 300 hitter if you're failing seven times. So I take it like, Hey, fail. If you fail seven out of 10 times in this business, you're making millions of you're dollars. Doing, doing really well. Yeah. So last week we had on the show, Don Costa. Yeah. So, you know, we haven't had anyone from Fresno on the show and now we got two back to back. Right. Yeah. It's kind of uh, a sneaky town. <laughs> but one question I have to ask you is what, what makes your situation or your operation different than some of your peers in your community? Well, you know, uh, the way that I run my business is a more of a self-development company. So I like to attract and bring in people that I could kind of mold and develop and, and share with them the experiences that I have as an owner. I'm a man of faith, right? So I tell people right off the bat, I say, God is my CEO, you know, and, and I know maybe that's not PC in this day and age, but for me, I have to be in line with uh, my people need to be in line with my core values because I am open and honest about my faith. I put all my trust in the Lord. And so for me to bring someone in, um, they need to know that I'm, I'm operating at a different level. I come in and I understand there's adversity. There's, there's issues that are going to take place in the business. It's hard, mm -hmm. right? But you know, in the midst of the trial and tribulation, in the midst of our, our failures, um, when we have something uh, solid like our faith, 
we can take on that adversity and continue to grow through it. Um, because if, if we don't have something to hold on to, um, this business will spit you up and eat you out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I, I'm a living proof of that. I've gone through many trials and tribulations. And so I'm here today, uh, stronger for that because of, you know, my faith, but, uh, what, what to answer a question even more in sync is, you know, I'm a, I'm a hands-on guy, right? So I get in the trenches with my guys. Um, you know, they, 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 they celebrate in the wins and, and the losses. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, 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 I demand a lot from them. Um, their ethics, their, 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 um, commitment, uh, their work, their workability, you know, showing up and going through the trenches essentially. So, you know, as you get higher and hire more people, you start to get further away from, you know, the, the front line, mm -hmm. right? Like a, a general that, you know, is not with this front line is, is ineffective in some cases. So scaling and growing is important, but you got to be able to stay, you know, really in touch with the people that are the face of your company. I like that a lot. And I think we have that in common that a lot of our guys are, one of our five core values is growth. Meaning yeah personal development. Sure. And the moment you tell me you already got to figure it out is the moment I'm looking to replace you. Yeah. That's a scary place to be when, when you, when you've stopped learning. Yeah. I learn every day. Yeah. I learn every day. Well, we were talking before the show. Yeah. There are a couple of things that we were learning recently. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, doing my research before the show, there's another licensed realtor named Matthew Garabedian in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Caribbean uh, Realty Group. You know, there's a funny story. So at least five or six times a week, I get asked, are you related to this Garabedian or that Garabedian? And I say, look, it's like Smith. You know, is it? You, yeah, there's no, it doesn't look like a Smith. You, go figure. Right. <laughs> but the truth is, you know, I'm Armenian. Uh -huh. And so, uh, we have a very common last name. And so okay. if you go to like Glendale, California or LA or, you know, Fresno is like a little Armenia. So mm. there's a lot of Garabedians, but no relation. There's another, Mike Garib there's another Garabedian in my town, you know, another agent. Yeah. yeah it's just funny to see. <laughs> it is. Um, okay. So one thing you mentioned again earlier, like perseverance, something that's is, is super important to you. Mm -hmm. So you said that you've, you overcome some, some big failures. Like what are some of those failures that you've overcome? Okay. Well, geez, we have, we have an hour here. We got, we got another 40 <laughs> minutes. Okay. Uh, you know, I, you know, just in business, right? So for example, when I learned about, okay, we can actually scale and grow a team. You got to go out and hire. Well, that's like, that was weird for me. Cause I was a solopreneur guy, a, kind of like a lone wolf attitude. I'm like, I'm going to go do it all myself. No one can do it better than me. But then I learned about how these guys are scaling and growing through, through, through hiring. Right. Mm -hmm. So I ended up hiring two guys and I've just poured into them. I mean, I was just spending, you know, my whole summer felt like away from my kids and my family and just transferring all this knowledge that I had. Right. And, uh, you know, I overpaid them and I, you know, I did a lot of things that was just rookie mistakes. So I think we're, we're starting to roll, right. We're starting to grow. Uh, my dad died two days later, these, both these guys walk in, they had this like kind of straight face. And I thought like, Oh, they're going to tell me they're sorry about my dad passing. And they're like, with, with no emotion, they're like, we're leaving you. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, we're going to, we're, we're going to go do our own thing. And so like, I felt like I was crushed. Like that whole, you know, train your competition thing, mm -hmm. you know, became real. And so I had this like, wow, like, did I just train my competition? These guys are going to go out. They learned everything that I taught them. And now I'm back to ground zero being, you know, a solopreneur. Like mm -hmm. I spent all this time growing them. Lo and behold, they're out of the business six months later. Mm -hmm. But you know, at that time it was scary because I'm like, I have to start all this over. But in hindsight, the growth was this, you know, like now I won't make that mistake because I want to document now. I want to, you know, have a, have a hiring process. I learned about, you know, uh, skills and aptitude tests that we give a Colby or a, you know, these types of exams yeah. that, you know, okay, is this guy going to stick with me? Is he really going to go out and do his own thing? Now I don't really care. You know what right. I mean? Like most people will probably end up thinking they can go out and do their own thing and maybe they will, but to be a business owner is a whole different thing. Like you have to be a different cut from a different cloth. You know, it's, it's funny. So I've, I've spoken on this topic, um, three weeks ago in Houston, wholescaling live. And one of the things I talked about is one of the most valuable skills is leadership. Sure. And this, there's this fear when you're newer, right? When you only know sales and marketing, mm -hmm. there's this fear that you're training your competition. Yep. And it's not until you realize like, this sucks. <laughs> Running a business sucks. <laughs> right? yeah. And you got to train people mm -hmm. and sales and marketing is predictable. I put this much dollars in, I'm gonna get about this many dollars out. Right. Once you get the systems, okay, you can still kind of automate things. You get the people, that's a massive wild card. Unpredictable. Yeah. And that's the thing that people, yeah, you can, they can learn your systems. 
but they can't they can't replace you they can't replace no. your people right and that's what's something that uh you know it's it's interesting here you talk about how you like man these guys are just gonna train my i'm training my competition but then you realize yeah once they re- became your competition they realize this is terrible yeah it is it's tough and they're out of business it's tough um so but you know when you're in it you think oh my gosh but then y- you forget how much work you took to get to that place. Right. You know, you got to be a, a big boy or a big girl to write those checks when deals aren't coming in. Mm-hmm. If my American Express bill comes, they don't care if I had to close a deal or not. Right. Like that marketing is going out. We paid for it. If, if it's not returning, I got to write a check. I got to write a check for the office. I got to write a check for the, you know, the, the, the people that are on payroll. So all that, you know, they, they don't look at, they look at, oh, this guy bringing these deals in, but they don't understand yeah, that. They see the revenue. <laughs> yeah. They don't but see the expenses. Not, <laughs> expenses are, you know, they're there. Let me, tr- yeah. let me tell you. Yep. Uh, another quick story was, um, as we kind of start, you know, getting into, you, you get some success in wholesaling, right? And then you see the, the shiny object syndrome, which is, man, I want to be a flipper. I, w- I want to be a, a fix and flip guy because those mm-hmm. guys are making the real money. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that, you know, the cost of the holding cost and the, the contractors that they have to, you know, go through and, and the time and, and all the stuff that goes into it, you don't realize that until you, 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 you feel it, right? So, you know, one mistake I made was I, I got shiny object, even though my wholesaling business was working, I one day I woke up, I'm like, I'm fixing and flipping now. <laughs> so I ended up uh, starting five or six projects. I had a, a, a gentleman in my town and uh, he came to me. He's an old school Portuguese man, very nice guy, um, but rough around the edges. And he'd built this, you know, massive apartment holding in Fresno coming off of fresh off, you know, the old country with no shoes, worked his way up through hard work. He says, Matt, you're really good at finding deals. I've got about a million dollars in cash. I want you to partner with you. I want to partner with you 50, 50. And, you know, I'm like, okay, sure. So we start doing projects together and, you know, he's, he's doing one, one deal at a time, but we've got like four sitting. And I'm like, you know, the speed of, 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 of this is mo- most important, right? Mm-hmm. You know, not holding all these projects. That's not, you know, good business sense. Well, you know, we're, we're doing a few deals. And at the time he was going through some, um, a potential like marital problems, like a divorce. And he tells me, I'd rather keep everything in your name, you know, and, and the, the deals are in your name, uh, you know, uh, the money's coming back into my account. And, you know, being kind of young in business, you, you don't foresee any potential problems with that. You're like, man, this is great. I got a guy like funding me, like we're doing deals. So we're doing projects together and I'm holding, you know, a considerable amount of money. And uh, one, one night I get a call four o'clock in the morning from his son, he's like, my dad just got killed in a car accident. I'm like, oh wow, like this is, this is terrible, you know? And uh, he got killed by a drunk driver. Well, I have all this cash and it's all in my name, right? There's no agreement, there's no JV, there's nothing in writing. Two days later, I'm getting a knock at the door of my office of the, the, the wife. And she's like, I want all the money you know, and I know you have millions of it. I'm like, wait, what is that? I don't, I know I don't like, mm-hmm. I have all of this documented and you know, I was just trying to do the guy a favor. You know, I said, the great news is I have all of your money plus the profit. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, there's way more than you're, you're leading on. I know that he came and gave you like actual cash money. I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. Like you mm-hmm. can't take cash into a title company and close a deal. Right. Like that's weird, right? Like That's not going to happen. So so what the point of it is, I'm trying to run a business, I'm trying to stay focused and I'm just getting, you know, her attorneys, you know, har- harassing me. I'm getting letters, I'm getting demands, like turn over all your bank statements, turn over all your, we're gonna freeze your accounts. I mean, you can name it, you know? And so as a business owner, it, you start to feel that pressure. Oh, 100%. Right? And yeah. so most people would probably tap out. They're like, this is too much for me to do. But again, it's taught me growth, it's taught me to keep my faith. It's taught me to learn from my mistakes. So now when I get into an agreement, it's in writing and it's it's ironclad, right? Because mm-hmm. who would think their partner is going to die? Right. But it happens, yeah. you know? And so these are some of the few experiences that I've had that have got me here today. Um, and I still, I'm the last two months have been tough for me, really tough. Like, uh, you know, going through and, and changing some of our marketing methods because I'm an old school direct mail guy. But, you know, the response rates down, the cost is is heavy, you know. And so, you know, when when we're not meeting or exceeding our expectations, that money's going out. And all of a sudden you're seeing your bank account go low, low, low. And then we're like, you know, wow, you know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. So it's just it's 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 interesting. Right. And right. there's ebbs and flows. Oh, 100 percent ebbs and flows. Uh, so 
what does your organization look like today? Organization-wise, I've got uh, four acquisition guys. I've got um, a um, office manager proce uh, processor. I've got one guy that in the field ha handling stuff. And then I'm still in the disposition seat. Mm -hmm. I, I have a great relationship with my buyer. So that's something that I um, probably the last to exit. But again, goes back to that scaling model. Like how far do I want to, to exit from my business? Because there's always that fear of, you know, the further away you get, and I made that mistake, you know, some, you know, there's, there's uh, things that fall through the crack. Right. So I've got that fear too. That's one of the reasons, honestly, why I haven't gone virtual. Right. Like, how do you maintain your culture yeah. across the country? Yeah. Guys that you're not seeing maybe even once a year. It's very real. It's a yeah. very real concern. So, but because I'm not the only one with that concern. <laughs> so four acquisition guys, one office manager, one disposition person. Yeah. And everything's direct mail. Are you 100% direct mail? No. Uh, we, we, I, I'm in, you know, I have a, a, a pretty solid SEO. I've got the PPC. Uh, I've got direct mail going. We're doing cold calling now. Uh, we're turning that on more. And uh, texting. Hmm. Yeah. You got to be careful. Stratton's out there. Yeah, Stratton's killing it. Stratton's out there. He is killing it. Yeah. So be careful. We're doing a deal right now. Oh, are you? Yeah. Some apartments. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Michael Ray says, uh, uh, happy to hear what you're talking about with uh, overcoming your challenges. Uh, Kyle Fetterman's got a question. How are you finding people that work for you? That would be the hardest thing you could do. Uh, I was just with uh, Sean Terry before this, and we were talking mm -hmm. about this. And uh, hiring and firing, like and like you mentioned, Steve, it's we're dealing with personalities, right? And so um, it's just like anything in a sales call, you know, you're – finding prospects and you know you're you're basically you know making your offer and seeing if there's a fit it's the same thing with hiring you've got to you've got to hire you got to uh, interview 25 30 people to find you know five or six that may work and then narrow it down to one or two mm -hmm. however you're hiring to answer the, the gentleman's question I mean we, we do stuff we put stuff on indeed Craigslist I do some videos talking about we're always looking to hire we are I'm always looking for for talent so um, there isn't like one perfect way, but I would say um, Indeed's been a, a good source for us to get, you know, quality uh, resumes and having those quality conversations. Yeah, Indeed's actually uh, worked out well for me very recently. And I had been, I hadn't been trying to, I tried, you know, like wise hire and all these other things. Mm -hmm. And I listened to Nick Perry speak about how he uses Indeed. And that's been a game changer for us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he's actually gonna be on the show in the next few weeks talking about how he does that. Uh, so uh, what would you say, do you have a specialty in your market? I mean, I'm, I'm known as, you know, the wholesale wholesaler, you know, if you will, because I kind of put myself into that. Uh, There's not other wholesalers out there? Well, in terms of like, you know, I have sometimes I've, I think, wow, I kind of pigeonholed myself into that because other wholesalers sometimes won't send me deals because they think, oh, Matt, maybe we'll won't close on this. Mm -hmm. But we buy, pro I close on properties all the time. I'm a professional investor. That's, yeah. that's what I say now. You know, I, I have d my, d my main disposition strategy is wholesale. It just fits my model and what I like. But um, to answer your question. It does answer your question. Or it does answer my question. Um, so, but you're, you're just hitting anything and everything in Fresno. No, we go from, now we're in from uh, Bakersfield to Sacramento. So I'm covering a, a good majority of the state. So you and Don are running into each other. You know, we don't run into each other that much as you would imagine. Um, and Don and I have a good working relationship. So there's a few times that he's called me. He's like, hey, we're working on this deal. Like, you know, can can you take it and we'll give you the next one. But still waiting for that call, Don. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, yeah. there, there's so many deals out there. And, there and it, you know, it's like you're, you're in the hotbed here, right? So oh, yeah. if, if everyone can, you know, get a piece of the pie in Arizona, I can imagine, you know, when we're in California or in the, the Valley, there's, there's plenty of other guys that are doing deals. So yeah. there's only been a, I want to say twice that you run into competition that I ran, that I ran into a friend. Yeah. So right. it's, twice. there's and then, all the stuff that, we and do. then imagine all the other deals that we never know about yeah. or our competitors know about. So yeah. it's, 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 it goes back to that mindset approach, right? Uh, the abundance mentality versus mm -hmm. scarcity. And that kind of goes back to re really the, what, what I wanted to share here today, Steve is um, there, there is a lot of, shiny objects out there. There's a lot of people that are striving to do more deals, gain more uh, clout, uh, be the next guy, do more deals. I mean, it just on and on, right? I, I personally have gone through uh, a transition in my life where 
I, I got to the point where I was thinking, man, I need to get that, that Rolex. I need to get that Porsche. I need to get this. I need, cause it got, I put my identity into those things. Right. So it was a really important thing for me to, to prove myself. Yeah. And I got to a degree of a small degree of success. And I found that none of that was fulfilling. Yeah. You know, I found that it actually, uh, impeded my growth. And, you know, I got to this point of success that I felt was a, a degree of success for myself. And I, I shut off. I went through the, what I call my wilderness period where I literally checked out mentally, emotionally, physically um, in my business. So I'd show up to my office and, I, you know, the guys would be like, what's up, Matt? I'd be like, hey, go and shut my door. And then I'd start reading the Bible. And so God started working with me about showing me. He actually put like eternity in my heart. So what that means is I look at things now where, you know, a deal here, a deal there, it doesn't matter to me anymore. What I'm working on and where my calling is, is to share my story because I've, I've had struggles and I've had some success, but putting my faith in the Lord has brought me to a place of utter peace and joy. Um, I don't get mad when I don't get a deal anymore. I don't, I don't get upset when I see others winning. I, I enjoy having fellowship uh, Michael, who's watching, is another guy that I just connected with about a month ago. We don't ever talk about real estate. Mm -hmm. When I get on the phone with him, we're talking about what the Lord's done for us in our life. And, and Michael has an unbelievable story and from where he's come from and the success that he's having. Uh, we just share our, our joy with that. We have our fellowship. And, and as I connected with even Sean coming over here, I mean, we talked about how great God is and mm -hmm. what he's doing for our life. And so that's the message I want to tell people is, it's okay to have success. It's okay to strive, but God gave all of us a special gift. Like he gave everyone a special fingerprint. So really figure out what God gave you because you have a certain gift that I don't, Steve, like, you know, you have a great platform here. Um, a guy like Michael's great at running rehabs and he's, and he's giving, uh, guys that are, uh, from less fortunate situations jobs and he's showing them how honest work is going to pay. And, you know, if there's a, uh, he told me the other day they got red tagged on a job and the guys were like freaking out, like, what are we going to do? He's like, no, you know, it, it's okay. Cause I got to, you know, the Lord provides. Yeah. And so that's what I'm, the, I, that's what brings me joy and happiness. And I, I like to talk to other entrepreneurs because I've been in some big rooms. You know, I'm part of the Arate syndicate, which is a, a big uh, group run by Andy Frazella and Ed Milet. And I've seen guys in there that are worth tens, 50, hundreds of millions of dollars that are have everything on the outside. The world can see a success, but em but inside they're scared, they're full of fear, they're empty and sad and depressed. And this is, I mean, I, I've seen this with guys all over the real estate business, that guys that I'll never say a name here out of respect, but guys that on the outside are just absolutely killing the game. But since I've developed relationships with them, you know, I'm trying to share what the Lord has been doing for me, how to bring that peace. Because um, when we put our identity in things, when we put our identity into a bank account and that bank account goes down, it, the, the, our, our world starts rocking. Mm -hmm. Like wh where, where are we going with this? Like uh, you start thinking I'm, I'm a failure, you know, I've built nothing, I, you know, and, and you play this game and the, and the, you, you start getting these attacks and, and things are happening in your mind and it just, it, it's not a place to be. It's, it's no fun. So, you know, where I'm going forward is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling the truth. You know, I, I'm telling people that there's more to life than your next deal use this platform that you have, your abilities, your skill sets to help others. You know, can you imagine being able to buy a house from someone, you know, get them out of a bad situation and, and, and give them a new start? You know, I think that that's amazing, right? Or, or you, you take people that are, are, are thinking it's all about money and, and fortune and the watch and the clothes and tell them, look, those things are okay, but here, here's, there's a bigger picture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so those things are great, but you have other purposes. Hundred percent on the planet. Yeah, I mean, we weren't created to just show up, do some wholesale deals, and flip, and then die. Yeah. You know, it's the you know it, we're here today, gone tomorrow. We're like a, we're a piece of dust, and so if the Lord wills, most men can live to to their 80s, right? I'm 40. You're 40. We're at our halfway mark. So now I'm thinking about how I went from success to significance. Yeah. Because more money isn't impressive. More marketing strategies isn't impressive. You've had some amazing guests, by the way, this is an amazing uh, platform you have here. And I'm, I'm super thankful to be a part of it and to share my story. But uh, someone needs to step up and tell people, 
Your identity is not in the money. Your mm-hmm. identity is not in how many deals you're doing or how much money you have. Your identity is what God's given you, your purpose, what you're doing with it, and how you're spreading light, joy, and uh, the, 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 the news of the, of the gospel. Right. Yeah. So there is something in there, though, right? Like, it's kind of hard in that you don't want to be measured. You don't want your identity, right, to be your vehicles, your watches, your money. I, I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. But there's certain things you have to accomplish. Sure in order to spread your message. Right? Yes. Like whatever your passion, your purpose, your yes. message. Yes. It's harder to do those things if you're not you successful. Know, successful. Good point. Don't put that money or that success above your beliefs. So right. for me, it's God, right? right? So I know that if my business is down or my business is up, I have faith in him. Mm-hmm. The what, what what I'm saying is, you know, I, I don't want to get it confused because I'm not saying you should have faith in God because he's going to shower you with more deals and money. Mm-hmm. What God does is, is give you that peace and that joy and that, um, the word is really peace because as you grow in business, I don't care who you are. You talk to a Steve Jobs or to, you know, uh, a Sean Terry or to uh, an Ed Milet or to an Andy Frazella, degrees of success are going to bring more and more adversity. Okay. No one that's been successful has not gone through adversity and temptation. So how do we as, as individuals weather that? Well, you've got to keep him first. Yeah. And you know, in my faith, it says, you know, all things will be added unto you if you keep your eyes on heaven, right? You know, the, 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 the long-term, the vision that I have is eternity. So none of this, this, I'll trade all this because I, I'm, I'm at peace with my Lord. Yeah. Well, I think one thing too, right, is having your identity not attached to status. Of course. Yeah. I think that's probably a big, big thing there. Uh, so one thing you mentioned earlier uh, is you were talking about personal development mm-hmm. is something that's super important yeah. to you and your and your team. And it's super important to me and my team as well. How do you, like, what are you getting them to do, mm-hmm. right? How are you developing your team? Uh, I'm a, I'm a pretty avid reader. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely will be, um, telling my guys to read this, read that, you know, I, I ask, ask them to, um, write down their goals and, and talk and we talk about them, right? What are your goals? What, where do you see yourself going in the next five, 10, 15 years? Okay. So, you know, the, the power of the mind is, is a very real thing. So I see, including myself, you, you, you go through this, right? So, you know, the goal is to try to get here, mm-hmm. you know, a slow incline and don't get too high and don't get too low. Right. Because right here is where the magic happens because you're on a steady growth. You know, you're improving your mind, your body, your spirit, your and all that stuff just is, is a byproduct of of well, business as a byproduct of that success mm-hmm. in business is a byproduct of that. You can't you know, I, I was, uh, you know, at my I was my heaviest. I was uh, about a year or two ago. So I knew that what's the point of becoming wealthy or rich if I'm going to end up being sick? So I know that's out of line, right? Like I can't just be um, eating and and not taking care of my body um, and making money because I'm just going to end up using that money to pay for my hospital visits. Plus you have kids and, you know, you want to be around for them. So it's to answer a question, it's you have to encompass everything. You've got to you've got to sharpen your mind. Number one, you got to sharpen your mind because that's that is the most important tool you have. Um, A sharp mind will 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 take across the gamut. You, you'll, you'll be able to have a sharp mind to get in the gym n- no matter when you wanted. Having a sharp mind will say, hey, you got to get that reading in. A sharp mind will, you'll think clearer on deals. You know? So do you have like a book club in the office? Do you have like everyone we're reading this book for the month? What do you, how do you? I, I tell them? people what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. And so for an example, um, I, I, I buy, you know, 10, 11 copies of books that I, that I like. Um, and then people that come into my office or that, I mean, instead of giving them my business card, I have a little stamp. It says, uh, you know, I put it, it says Matt, Matt at Phenom Investor. And my favorite verse in the Bible, in the Bible is Hebrews eleven six. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for those who come to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's the message I want to leave with someone mm-hmm. along with that particular book that I, I suggest. So instead of a business card, right? Like they're not going to remember that, but Hey, this guy, you know, he gave me this book and he put a Bible verse in it. Like, I don't know where he's coming from, but it sounds like, you know, it works for him. So maybe I'll check it out. I'm planting seeds. Yeah. 
I'm planting seeds. And so the guy, and again, it goes back to, you know, who I bring into my circle, right? I tell people what my faith is. I tell people that I, uh, you know, I expect them to do their job, to go the extra mile, to work hard, to get into the fight, because that's what it is. Is there a particular book you've given more than any other? Well, it, going forward, it will be the Bible. But uh, I think uh, the book that I've given most is um, The Greatest Salesman in the World by Og Mandino. Yeah. Have you read it? I have not read it. What do you like about that book? It's excellent. I mean, it's all about uh, sales, mm -hmm. and it weaves in to it, um, you know, God's message in that. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't get the chance to ask, the second half of Kyle's question is, do you use VAs? No. All right. Uh, and guys, remember, um, Matt's done, you know, a million each of the last three years. So I want you guys to leverage this opportunity to ask him the questions that I have not asked yet. Um, Daniel Martinez wants to know, what will be your future goals in the next coming years? Just continue serving the Lord. Um, continue to be a uh, role model to my boys, be a great, a better husband, uh, instill values into my kids that uh, I want them to be as they grow and become fathers themselves. And really, you know, uh, it, it may sound counter culture, but, you know, for me, serving the Lord's everything, you yeah. know, and, and, um, business is a byproduct of that. So, um, I mean, it's not a surprise, right? Like the, the two books, every top of the fortune 500, mm -hmm. the two books that every CEO has is the Bible mm -hmm. and think and grow rich. So like, it's not a surprise, right? That is a byproduct. Every principle that any, if you read any sales book for the most part, you could draw the principles that came from the Bible. Well, what surprised me was I read, um, what was it? It's one of Dave Ramsey's book. I want to say entre leadership. I can't say for sure. But like he's talking about these basic principles and then he quotes the verse in the Bible. I was like, I had no idea. It's amazing, right? <laughs> how many of these verses were there that, you know, we, we consider it as sage wisdom, but you have no idea that they're actually in the Bible as well. It's kind of crazy. Well, it's God's living word. So it wasn't yeah. something that was written 2000 years ago and is obsolete. It's actually more relevant today than it ever was in any time period. Yeah. So I, I'd encourage anyone that's listening that may have never written or uh, read the Bible, start with a, a proverb or a psalm. And if you want to get real deep, we can talk about that. Please reach out to me. I'd love to talk about that with anybody listening. That that's my major my, my goal. Yeah. If if I could turn someone to to learn about who God is, He created us. We're sitting here on this earth that's spinning at sixty five thousand miles per hour. We're something like uh, ninety million miles away from the sun. We're over here talking about real estate, which is a very small thing in grand schemes. We, we're not here by accident, right? So how, you know that's what I want to impress upon all you listeners. It's not about real estate. It's about about who we are. So I do have some more real estate questions. Okay. <laughs> uh, marketing, how much are you spending a month? Because you're talking about direct mail, which yeah. I don't know what it is about California, but <laughs> everyone loves direct mail in California. Right, yeah. So We're stubborn out there. <laughs> hey, if it works, I know you guys are tracking your KPIs. Yeah, yeah. Right? So what are you get, What are you spending right now in, in monthly marketing? Um, well, we scaled it down, but, you know, as of probably three months ago, we were uh, – about 50,000 a month. Yeah, that's just in marketing. Yeah. Okay. And what's the bulk of that? Is that direct mail? Bulk of it was direct mail. Yeah. Gotcha. And then what is your monthly overhead? Uh, well, I, I, I have a couple of different LLCs. So yeah, we're talking about just business overhead. I run my cars through there and cell phone and all that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I'd probably say, l let me retract that. I'm sorry. I would say uh, all in is 50. And I would say, 38,000 of it, 40,000 of it is, is marketing. Gotcha. Um, so Jason Toledo wants to know what strategies did you incorporate in the beginning of your wholesaling business to help you scale your company to where it is today? I just leveled up my, my, uh, my circle of influence. Yeah. Can you expand more on that? Yeah. So being in Fresno, right. Uh, I'm born and raised there. It's, it's a smaller community. It's, it's, uh, based on agriculture so that there's no big business, you know, coming to Arizona, you know, you see, you know, a lot of different, you know, fortune 500 companies and, and big business, right. You go to Fresno, there's like one, you know, I'm going to call it a skyscraper. <laughs> it's like a <laughs> little building downtown, you know, but you, there's not, you don't get that big ebb and flow of business, right. It's, it's a lot of farmland, very rich farmers there, yeah. but old school mentality. Right. So if I was going to go seek out a mentor, it'd be hard for me to find a mentor 
in Fresno that I've come across that I would say, I want to pay you for your time. Mm-hmm. So what I, what I knew I, when I was going through my, you know, my early, uh, growth, I'm like, I, I need to figure out what to do. So, um, since I, you know, when I started, I invested in myself. So why stop? So I continued to invest in myself. So I got in a room that, uh, I, was blown away, frankly, because you know we're talking about guys that sitting at a table that are sharing the same struggles that I have, sharing the same um, growth, grow, growing pains that I have, and they're open and honest. They're like, "Dude, do this, do that. This is what I did. This is what I did." And then you've got guys that are at a whole nother level telling you, "Don't do that. Do this. Go ahead." And they give and they kind of give you permission, right? So when I got there, they kind of gave me permission to pour gasoline on my marketing. Mm -hmm. Because at first I'm like, I don't want to spend that much money. We're like, well, dude, check your mindset. It's not an expense. It's an investment. Yeah. You know, it's an investment in yourself. If you can't learn to invest in yourself, like who are you banking on? You are you. Mm -hmm. So if you can't, you know, pull some money out of your pocket and, and, and go to a guy like Steve to learn how to scale up, you're not going to make it. You're going to, you're, you're going to, you're going to go the YouTube route of trying to get all this free information. You're going to get even more confused and you know, it's going to, you might get there, but it's going to be way more expensive. It's going to take you longer. hundred percent. Uh, so you, you mentioned the Arete. Is that how Arete? Yeah. Arete? Mm-hmm. Is there anything else or is that the only one? Oh, uh, I am in uh, two different uh, real estate masterminds and then the RRT syndicate. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Want to share what the other two are? Yeah. Um, one of them was the boardroom. That's that's where my, uh, with Sean. Um, and then uh, uh, Mark Evans is an, uh, another, he has a DM family. Mm-hmm. So I've been with, with Mark for three years. He's helped me out a lot in my, in my growth mindset. And he's an unbelievable um man, father, I call him, he's a, a great friend of mine. So, uh, he's, he's definitely someone that I, I've developed a, a great relationship with and he's taught me I and mean, he's like, he's been doing virtual since that word virtual came out, you know? So, um, he's, he's been able to, to like travel the world and, and have this unbelievable business, but, uh, it's invaluable to, to get into those, um, relationships and the other guys that come with it. I mean, I have guys that are doing big things in the business, but what, what, what where the magic happens and when guys take kind of take off their, you know, uh, cape, if you will, mm-hmm. and get real, you know, yeah. and that, that's, that's my experience. Like, you know, the perception's one thing, but reality's another. For sure. Uh, Raheem Owens wants to know, what are some of your daily habits that have helped you scale? Um, well, my daily habits, uh, you know, I, I get into the gym first thing in the morning, I get my workout in cause that just clears my mind and, and, you know, um, definitely doing my, my prayer, my Bible reading, my, you know, uh, I do that daily. And then, um, it puts me into a frame of mind to go in and, and kind of go into battle, right? Like, I mean, we gotta, we gotta work hard. We gotta get on the phones. We gotta make offers and, um, to scale guys, um, that's a, that's a fancy word but really uh don't 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 be in the need to scale right it, everyone wants to go from point a to z their first year in real estate don't compare your chapter one to someone's chapter 15 mm-hmm. right I, i'm only speaking out of experience because i've done the same thing i'm looking at guys why they go why they do this wow they're big over here like i need to get there and i'm thinking man dude like you've only been trying to build a business since really 2016. right like, barely three years it's not that's not that much mm-hmm. so you got to keep time as the, um, of all things being equal, right? Someone's got time on you. That's a game changer, right? Right. So you got to keep the perspective in order and then start doing what is right for you. Not what you're hearing from the competitor or a guy on YouTube or Instagram, you scale when it's right, not because it's the thing to do. Yeah. Well, and I, it's something that you and I talked about earlier too, right? Offline is that I met someone this past weekend that's making a half million a month. Right. Right. It's like, man, how did they get there? And then, well, he's been doing this longer than I've been alive. Exactly. So, so that, that is the equilibrium. I mean, dude, that, that will, it's real. I'm telling yeah. you, you can't, you can't force it. You can't force appreciation and you can't force, you can't force growth. Mm-hmm. Cause if you try to force it, you're going to build it on quicksand. It's going to crumble. Yeah. So get your core value. Here's your answer. Establish your core values and, and, and don't waver on them. Get really firm on them. Then you hire based on, and you fire based on your core values, right? So if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. Establish your core values, post them on the wall, tell people about them, and then find the people that are going to be in line with your core value and then your vision. 
is a huge part. What I've learned is your vision has to be big enough for everybody to fit inside of it, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're saying, well, you know, I want to do 10 deals a month or 15 deals, that's cool. But a lot of guys might not fit inside that vision, right? Because they're not, be, not feel like there's enough growth for them. Well, it's not, maybe not enough for them to eat. Right. In their vision as well. Exactly. So, so some of the biggest success, you know, story, like I just saw Dean Graziosi's office, like what's that guy's vision? It wasn't 10 or 15 deals a month. No. I mean, I was blown away by, you know, what he's, his operation. That's just like his media and his, you know, uh, education piece. And, you know, but credit to Dean, he was in there on the whiteboard teaching. I mean, this guy's worth, I don't know how many millions of dollars, right? And he's there working. How many tens of millions of dollars? Tens of millions. Yeah. Uh, so Anthony Walters wants to know how many deals per month before you suggest outsourcing and hiring? How many deals a month before you... Outsourcing for me is I can't speak to it because I've never done it. I like to have some control of it. We are just starting to hire virtual cold callers because I like to hear guys on the phone of like this guy has it or not, mm -hmm. right? Because again, you can hire a, a virtual cold calling team, but if they don't know how to build rapport and close, you're gonna go through, you're gonna burn through some money, or you might be getting a bunch of leads that are not motivated, mm -hmm. and then you're just filling up your pipeline with nonsense. Right. So for me, I would say you know control as much as you can. And then if, if, it, if it starts to, you know, be very, you know, profitable, then you could outsource. But I mean, I, I like to hear guys in my office on the phone because yeah. there's growth there. I can say, hey, why didn't you say this? Or how come you didn't say this? Or dude, get on the phone. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. some guys just show up and sit there. I'm like, you're not going to cut it. No, you're, you're not going to. You've got to dial. Uh, so for real deals, wants to know, uh, are your guys salary or percentage based on the closing? Um, I pay my guys on a, on a commission basis. And then like my, my, uh, um, processor office guys, a salary, um, I pay my guys, um, you know, up to a certain point, they'll get 1500 bucks a deal. And then once we reach a certain, um, amount, they get 10%. Okay. Is there like, I guess over 15,000? 30. Over 30. Yeah. 29,000 or less is 15 grand because, because here's, because we'll do deals that we make five or six grand on. That's mm -hmm. like a loss for me after marketing expense, mm -hmm. but I'm still paying my guy 1500 bucks. Oh, that's solid. Right. So it, that keeps them eating. Right. And mm -hmm. sometimes I'll, I'll take an L, you know, just to keep the, the train moving, but you know, we'll, we'll knock off a deal for 30 or, or 50 or whatever. And, you know, I'll give them a 10%, you know, bonus or whatever, but, uh, that's kind of, and, and our, our average deal size is 19 grand. So it's not like we're knocking down $50,000 wholesales all day. No, 19 grand is pretty solid though. Um, and he also wants to know what's the first position he should hire when hiring? An assistant. Uh, because, you know, I don't know your, how you like to operate, but for me, I, you know, there's things that I don't like doing. And so uh, if someone can put me on a schedule, um, that would be ideal. For me, I, the first guy, well, the first two people I hired were acquisition guys, right? And then they quit or went out and compete. And then, you know, kind of, uh, you know, was like, oh, I don't want to hire anymore. And then I ended up uh, hiring a guy and poor guy, <laughs> you know, he's still with me today. He's a great guy. I uh, love him to death, but I didn't pay attention to him for like the first three months. Mm -hmm. I just said, like, go call. And all of a sudden, like, he's like bringing deals, right? He's starting doing deals. And I'm like, okay, I put a little bit more on his plate, a little bit more. Now he's like running my company, Yeah. you know? And so um, you just never know who you're hiring. You know, it's terrible to, to hire someone that way. Mm -hmm. but we've all done it when we first started. Yeah, yeah. And you'll find that the ones that could survive then were your best people. Absolutely, absolutely, right? yeah. Because I was a terrible manager when I, I first started. Yeah. And those are the ones like, yeah, I fired a lot of people. I let a lot of people go. But man, the ones that could survive with my crap management, right. now they're running my operations right. now that we have like a real company. Yeah. Yeah. Go figure. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, none of us, you know, we, we all get into being an owner. None of us have experience hiring, mm -hmm. you know, like you, you have to get kind of burned in the process to know yeah. what you don't want to hire. We have to fail. Just like you have to fail in your first seller's appointment. Yeah. You got to fail on the phones. Like I said, this business is designed around failure yeah. So the quicker and faster you could fail. And I don't even want to say fail, learn yep. the quicker you can learn is the quicker you're going to get to your, your, your goals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Roger Garza wants to know where, which specific source are you getting most of your deals from? What specific source? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's evenly matched across direct mail and SEO. Mm -hmm. We have, I mean, I've been working on SEO since 2013, so I have a pretty strong pretty good head start. Yeah. Yeah. 
so that that's been a, a good thing for me um so i'd say you know the internet brings in deals and so does direct mail and now that we're kind of transitioning out of being so heavy in direct mail, I'm interested to see where the new lead source will come. Maybe it's going to be through, you know, texting or cold calling. So it's to be determined. And what's your ARV range? Are you recommend marketing to when starting out to get decent spreads? I oh, mean, dude, that's that that's not a one size. That's probably a market yeah. specific question. Yeah, for us, you know, the we're still in that FHA two fifteen below is the sweet spot. I don't like to mess with stuff over like three fifty. Me neither. Uh, what is your biggest struggle right now? Oh, good question. My biggest struggle right now. I'm at a pretty good place, honestly. And the 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 irony of that is I've had probably the last two or three months have been some of the worst I've had in business uh, because we're going in that transition where direct mail started to be ineffective. And so it just, you know, it, it took a chink of out of my armor money-wise. So, you know, in the past, I'd probably be freaked out, but, you know, I'm in a good place right now, spiritually and mentally, um, that I know that is, this is just a, a transition and the Lord's preparing me to, to get me to the next level. I, I really believe that because I've gone through so much to get to this point. I'm like, dude, you didn't take me this far to take me this far. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's some testing going on and some things that are, you know, happening for a reason. But um, it, what, what, what's kept it strong through it is my faith. Again, I, I keep touching on that because it's so important for me guys to, to understand that. Um, yeah. And then lo and behold, you know, like I, I kind of just give it to him and, and now more deals are flowing in. We're working on some big deals right now. Yeah. Well, you mentioned um, you did you, you you did or you're doing a multifamily deal. Yeah. Yeah. Doing a doing a deal with Strat on a multifamily, um, and then um, a couple more uh, multifamily deals in the pipe. I'm actually um, you know doing some duplex triplex stuff that mm-hmm. no rehab, buy it for you know two fifty, sell it for three forty in a, in a week type stuff. So, yeah. and multifamily in my area is like through the roof. Like I don't get it. It doesn't cash flow. Uh, I don't understand what they're thinking, but it's appraising and it, they're selling. It <laughs> probably in about four years, I'll probably be buying it back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who cares? Right? As long as they're buying it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Matt Larson, he was on the show a couple Matt, weeks ago. Yeah, Matt's in the DM fam. Yeah. Yeah. And he was saying that Unbelievable. he's cleaning it up with, with multifamily. Right, right. Well, yeah, uh, Tim Bratz has done a great job of, of, of doing that model where he's raising money and, and uh, you know, he went from zero to 60 and like fast, mm-hmm. you know, he's holding a huge portfolio now. So I love multifamily. That's where, you know, apartments is, you know, you could do, dude, like doing like a fourplex is like four deals. You know, if you're making 10 grand a door on an mm-hmm. assignment fee, it's 40 grand, right? Or more. So it just kind of makes sense. Right? Yeah. Well, our assignment fee is definitely bigger with multifamily. Absolutely. And it's easier to sell. Yeah. And there's a lot less people fishing in that pond. Yeah. You know. All right. So I'm going to let you think about the last thoughts you want to leave the listeners with while I make a quick announcement. So guys, I'm finishing the year in New Orleans with Chris Rude, December 6th through 8th. That's Skillathon. Uh, if you want to check that out, it's bit.ly slash 2019skill. Uh, and then Max and I have been getting blown up about our two and a half day workshop where we go over everything in our business. So if you want to make 2020 your year, go to disruptors.com to see if the workshop will make sense for you. Uh, and tomorrow we got a special guest, Tang Nguyen, coming in from Dallas. He's, he's going to talk about creative financing. And then we got Kyle Wilder next week uh, for this show. So. Um, how or what were some last thoughts you want to leave the listeners with? Yeah. Um, my last thoughts with you guys is you guys were not born, uh, as an accident. We're all put on this earth for a reason. Like I said, we have different fingerprints. We have different skills and abilities, God given abilities. I pray that you find your abilities. You get close and find out God's purpose for you and put your faith in the Lord. That's, that's everything. And you'll be surprised how everything else comes together after you do that. If you put money first, if you put business first, if you put deals first, remember guys, there's always a trade-off. If you want more success, you're trading something, either time with family, your health, your happiness, your well-being. But when you put the Lord first, there's no trade-off. Everything comes added to that. So I leave you guys. God bless you. 
I'm, I'm happy to be in this business. I'm thankful, Steve, that you allowed me on to give me this platform. And uh, I just pray that everybody has a, a wonderful, abundant life, reaches all their goals and dreams in this business because it is a rewarding business. And um, I'm just thankful. And how can someone get hold of you? Instagram, I'm uh, at Phenom Investor. YouTube, Matt Garabedian. Uh, I have a podcast on iTunes called The Phenom Investor Blueprint, where I talk a lot about my faith and some of the stuff I shared with today, along with some business stuff. I'm, I'm an open book, guys. I'll tell you the wins, my losses, you know, where, where I'm not good and where I'm great at. So please reach out to me. I am coaching some folks, um, helping them uh, grow their business and, and uh, help them and develop as leaders and men. Yeah, cool. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Show. Appreciate Thank you guys it. for watching.